0: Welcome to the final podcast, Power Strength and Vulnerability. You'll notice there's no intro today and there's no outro. It's because I just want to do this raw and I just want to pull it all on the table. You'll notice I said that last Power Strength and Vulnerability podcast, and as it stands today, um, this will be my last piece of the puzzle for PSV. And everything it's achieved. I wanted to talk today's podcast about the journey over the last 11 years um, and why I'm transitioning into another phase of my life. So, it's mental health advocate to mental health therapist and meditation and meditative exercise instructor. Before I kick on to that, I want to talk about the PSE Cup, which was recently held, the second annual PSE Cup. While I haven't finalised all the tally, I've been taking a little bit of a break for myself. At the current stands, there is 9,400 or 9,500 or 9,600 in the Mindful Oz account, which has been raised for the game. We still have some money to come in from the cricket club. And I still have a couple of raffle items up for grabs, which I will auction or sell off in the next couple of weeks. So the end tally to this year will be over $10,500 raised by the PSV Cup. And I can't thank the players and the sponsors enough for everything they've done and contributed over the last two years. It will be the last... PSV Mental Health Cup I run in the RDCA um, or across the board. I will look to help in the future if other people decide to run them. And I guess I'm putting it out there now to see if anyone does want to run something like this. You know, Let me know and I can give you all the information I've got and you can use it or you don't have to. It's completely up to you. The PSV Cup didn't just start in the last two years really though. I've been fundraising over the last eight or nine. It was just over 11 years ago that I attempted to take my own life after an eight, probably 15-year battle with depression and anxiety. And I just didn't think anyone else would want me me around again because I kept causing too much trouble. I thankfully survived, and I'm so grateful that I got to endure that experience and and live to learn and live to help. From that moment on, I knew I had to speak up because I had so many people come to me and share their stories with me. Guys who inspired me in sport had beautiful families. And each one of these people basically ended their conversation with the same thing. They ended the conversation with, but don't tell anyone, my family doesn't even know. So here were these grown men, earning a good income, had a beautiful family, playing good footy, good jobs, worked hard, and were severely depressed, suicidal, living with extreme anxiety, panic attacks, or even schizophrenia. And it didn't sit right with me that these guys felt they needed to keep these things from their family. I understand it and I didn't judge them, but I thought if I could be a voice, I could help them. I could help them open up to their family and friends. And without a doubt, I know for a fact, it has allowed many, many people to have a voice. People have told me, week in, week out, I had a couple of people had a gulp me the other week about not being there for them. Um, they had this expectation that I had to be there for everyone and part of why I'm going from mental health advocate to mental health therapist is because you can't give away free time 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And I basically just responded and said I basically have someone speak to me every day about mental health and when you're battling your own mental health you're... Well I will not say battling, because I don't battle it anymore. I work on it and I manage it. But when you're battling on it, it it's, you miss people on the way, and it's not a personal thing. You know I have people come to me for advice day after day, and that's the reality. They questioned it, and that's okay. So over this last 11 years, it's been probably one of the most, probably the most amazing ride and roller coaster I'll ever be on. Um, because I don't like roller coasters, so I won't actually hop on one. It started with just being open about my story with friends and family. Then a few years later, I decided that I wanted to do more and I applied to be a speaker for Beyond Blue and was, you know, got that wish. I spoke for Beyond Blue and shared my story at over 100 events over the last six or seven years. Not only did I start sharing my story in that capacity and just with local football clubs and sporting groups, I asked my girlfriend at the time if I could start a blog about and talking about my mental health and my mental health journey. Not for any other reason but to share and to hopefully inspire and hopefully allow people to see that there's a way out. I know how many people out there are struggling. And I wanted every one of those people to know that they could speak to friends or family because there'd be someone out there that could, would sit with them and listen. It wasn't an attempt to, for myself to get attention. It wasn't an attempt for, to complain. It was just purely sharing to share. I tried to end every message with a positive outcome to show people that no matter what happens, there can be a positive outcome. There's always good and there's always bad. I was fortunate enough to do some work with Outside the Locker Room as well in that period of time, um, which, you know, was awesome. People just giving their all to the cause It was over that period of time where I've raised, helped, been a part of, I haven't done it myself, many events which taking in this event that we've just finished will be somewhere in the vicinity of forty to $50,000 raised over multiple events, over multiple years. This is gonna have, a, this, well, that will have a huge ripple effect to help many, many people that battle suicide and depression and anxiety and bipolar and any mental health issue or disorder. I can't, I honestly can't put into words how extremely proud, but grateful I am for all of those events. You know, with Todd Morgan, Emily Stefano, we did two cocktail nights. Um, I've done multiple run events and in the last couple of years, the two P.S.V. cups that raised money for outside sort the of locker room, Beyond Blue and Mindful Oz. If we want to add in speaking events, which money was raised, then the tally would probably be in the three hundred to four hundred thousands. Just being a part of those events was absolutely incredible, and I want to share a couple of stories about my time with Beyond Blue, um, because I urge people that do want to help share their story and have the power to do that, so, you know, to give it a go. And I'll share a few messages towards the end of this about where it crosses the line. So I'll share a negative one first. So I remember I got an event which was a, a boxing fundraiser um, in a basketball stadium. And I just felt this anxiety come over me before I even left. And it was, it was something I hadn't experienced before. It just didn't feel right. And I drove out there and got to the event. And I messaged my girlfriend at the time and I was like, this doesn't seem like it's meant to be. And walking around, there's all these drunk 18 to 30-year-olds walking around, girls and guys. There were only a couple of hundred people there. And I was like, this isn't right. So I found someone, because I couldn't contact, I couldn't get onto the person I was meant to call. And I said, is this person around? And they said, yeah, I'll go get him. An hour later this person, so this this person came up to me within five minutes and said, I'll come back and have a chat with you. It was about an hour later that they came over where I was sitting there by myself. They said I'd be on in within half an hour and half an hour rolled around, and another 15 minutes rolled around. And really the anxiety was starting to build, but also the frustration and anger that, you know, I'd come out to do a good thing, share my story, help them raise money, because they were raising money for Beyond Blue. And I was basically being shafted. Now, I didn't take it personally, but I knew something wasn't up. I went up to him and I said, when's this happening? Oh, really sorry, there's been a delay. You'll be up after the next fight. So I waited until the next fight, expected to get called up. And that was when they called up a hot dog eating contest. So there we had two to three hours of people on the piss. A hot dog eating contest, which then had a man decide that he'd strip basically nude on the stage. And that was when I knew it was time to leave. I walked out, I emailed Beyond Blue, and said, I never want to hear from that person again. And Beyond Blue called me on the Monday morning and basically just apologised, and I was like, it's not your fault. So these things do happen. You know, there's not always good with this, and there's not always bad. It's just one of these things that happens, and the organiser was very apologetic, but I just think they stuffed up their event in terms of their planning, they planned to do too much but couldn't land on their promises. And to me, that was okay. That was one of the best experiences I've had. I learned so much from that. I learned to trust my gut. I learned to speak up. I learned to, you know, not be, you know, to put boundaries up, to protect myself. And then we want to talk about some of the most amazing experiences in my life. I cannot go past one, oh, these two. So the first one was my first ever talk in Geelong. Um, My mum and my girlfriend at the time came with me. And it was with a famous Hawaiian actor who's done stunts as well, I can't remember his name. And I spoke, shaking. And I still remember at least 10 people after I spoke came up and said, we wish you'd spoken for longer and not the actor who they paid the big bucks to see. And there was a really special moment when a guy with schizophrenia came up to me and said, mate, you've just changed my life for the better. And while I understand he was in the emotion at the time, he was also heavily medicated because it was clearly visual to me and to us throughout the night that that was the case. And he basically said from that moment on, he was going to talk to his family about his schizophrenia for the first time. He'd been battling for 20 years and they didn't know and that just filled me with joy and, and, I guess, this spine-tingling feeling that I needed to keep doing this because it was going to help many more people and many families to come. The most favourite event, and that was being involved with Beyond Blue and the Hawthorne Football Club. I got to speak briefly at a Hawthorne president function on Beyond Blue rounds when they played Sydney. And I got up on stage and five metres in front of me was Lee Matthews speaking to Gary Bacchanara. There was Luke Power, there was Mike Sheen, there was Dipper. There was all these Hawthorne greats who I didn't have the blessing to watch but had known enough about to be starstruck. And I finished, you know, talking and sharing my story, which I was interviewed by Beyond Blue, Beyond Blue's Georgie Harmon. And uh, straight after, Lee Matthews came past and said, "Well done, son." And then, as I went outside, I went and took my seat, and Mike Sheen and Luke Power both went out of their way to come and congratulate me and thank me for, you know, being a part of it and sharing that that side of my life, which. You know, to date it's just like unbelievable that people like that you know, were willing to do that and it just shows the amount of people that do truly care about humans and us and our emotions and our feelings and I think we jump the gun and jump to conclusions too often and think people don't care when sometimes it's they care but they just don't know how to help or don't know what to do or they're scared themselves. So that was some of the most amazing experiences I've had through that. I have met some extraordinary people through Beyond Blue, through outside the locker room, and I'm extremely privileged to have found myself in that position over the last six, seven years. With my blog, I decided that I tried to make power, strength, and vulnerability a business. And it was probably the worst thing in terms of, that I tried to do, but it was the biggest life lesson. PSV and my blog and everything was never meant to be something of financial gain. And it proved in the long run that it wasn't because we worked out the other day, you know, with all the clothes we gave away, with everything, all the costs and the expenses in trying to build up something that didn't come to fruition due to COVID, but due to other opportunities coming my way, I probably lost 10 to 15 grand. Um, and that's just the way it is, and that that I'm okay with that because most of that was given away or given to someone in need or to promote healthy conversations about mental health. So I'm not regretful. I don't wish I had that money back. It's just the way it is. Through last year, and why I want to talk about this because I've been very open about this is We did want to create a business with it and everything we were doing was going really well. And unfortunately COVID kept putting in obstacles. And for me, Alicia and I were trying to fall pregnant and I knew if we fell pregnant and the way PSV was going is I wouldn't have an income for probably another 12 to 14 months. So I needed to put my family first So I had to go back to doing PSV, Power, Strength and Vulnerability, as just a giveaway type thing where we just cover the costs of whatever we do and make sure that I could set myself up going forward for a family. And that's where MindFit came along. And I got an extremely great opportunity to get a traineeship, to become a mental health therapist, a meditation instructor, a meditative exercise instructor, and it was something I couldn't say no to because it gave, me this, it gave me exactly what I wanted to do at this point in my life. I always wanted to help with mental health and I wanted to make a career out of it. And this gave me a really big head start. While the traineeship is you don't necessarily get too much financial remun- remun- rumination, I don't know how to say that word properly, The fact is that it's gonna set me up a lot quicker having a traineeship in that field because it is very hard to get your hands on a mental health therapist who's got the time or the energy to actually help you become a mental health practitioner in a much more, in a much more skilled way quicker. So it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up and thankfully I had very understanding people around me on the most part who you know we're just like yeah go for it this is what you want go for it so had to make the decision on the fly mid lockdown last year that that's what I was going to do and I was going to have to take that risk because that risk was less risky and it was there was more reward at the end of it so that's why PSV changed a lot in the last 12 to 18 months there was lots of things that were going to happen and they just didn't and that's the reason I had to put my family first Jumping into that traineeship also meant that I could spend a couple of days a week just working other shifts, which helped us why the business Vitality Fit personal training business struggled through COVID. So it was just, I had to do it. So why the end to power, strength and vulnerability now? Why my journey from mental health advocate to mental health therapist? In all honesty, if I could sum it up really quickly, it just feels like the right time. I've lived a very, very open life for the last 12 years. It's brought me amazing things, but it's also had this really big negative effect on my life as well. Unfortunately, being a mental health advocate, you do get burnt out because you just want to give, you want to help. And I really got stuck in my depression and if I ever write a book, it will basically be called somewhere along the lines of stuck in my depression because there are moments and there are years I got stuck. I have a really big knowledge base and feeling around it now, but I think when I started becoming a personal trainer, I shut shut off a lot of my mind training and focused a lot on my physical training and I think it had really big implications towards the end of my PT career. I got stuck. I got stuck in not working on my mental health and my mind on a daily basis or a weekly basis or even a monthly basis. I heard something yesterday. Um, Shout out to Dylan Friends, David Butterford podcast. And it was mentioned, we brush our teeth twice a day to keep our teeth in shape. Why can't we do mindfulness twice a day to keep our mind in shape. Our mind and our brain are more needed and much more effective than some teeth. Now, I'm not saying don't brush your teeth, but I'm saying if you can find time to look after teeth, you can find time to look after your mind and brain, which has much more, which has much bigger ramifications to your overall health and well-being and lifestyle that's what I didn't do for for a few years. I focused on the physical and got lost and got stuck. So I wanna become a more private person and I wanna live my life with my family and my friends now. Oh, that's gonna make me cry. Um I think what I've realised over the last 12 to 18 months is that my friends and my family are tired of this. They're tired of, and they're tired in a caring way, they're tired of me just giving and giving and giving and then I end up breaking down. They haven't said it directly to me, but I know it's the case. I'm probably assuming a little bit, but I'm not... I can also read a room reasonably well and it's just time for me to step back and I know over this transition period they're going to be like, oh, when's it going to happen again? When's he going to break down? When's he going to make a mistake? And there might be still mistakes to come but I can guarantee I'm going to be putting myself in a much better position not to fall into those same old habits. And I want to enjoy the private lifestyle. You know, with MindFit, we will be starting a podcast with the co-host Zach Kondik, I will be publishing blogs, but I just won't be day-to-day publishing my life or opening up on my story. It'll be much more closed-doors type policy than me. My Instagram has changed already. As you may have seen, it's private now. Um, I don't and we'll spend months at a time off Facebook. I will add it back on for this podcast and to ask and answer any questions anyone might have. But it'll be to live a much more private life. I was even talking to my boss yesterday and I said, I only just realised that Joe Biden's now President of the United States. I, I, I haven't watched the news, I haven't checked Facebook, I haven't done any of that stuff this year. The only things I've checked is about the recent floods in Sydney and Queensland and my thoughts are with everyone up there and I hope they, there isn't any life loss um, and things can be repaired to the best of their ability. So I just don't check in with any of that and it's made my life so much healthier. Unfortunately, the other reason to mental health advocate, to mental health therapist, I need to be real about this, but free doesn't keep a roof over my head. Over the last two and a half years, I've I've not worked. I've just given everything. And even prior to that, as a PT, my mental health stuff came first. There were so many times where I got speaking gigs where I asked my clients if they minded if I went to that. Always so accommodating to that always though i was like yep yeah, that's fine and it wasn't a weekly thing but it happened you know once every couple of weeks and that, that cost me income so and then if you go back to when i was a landscaper paul tyler the hours i wasn't i wasn't working long hours but i also was so mentally unwell that i couldn't take a second job on or i couldn't stand up for myself and ask for more work or whatever it might be. So for the last 12 years, I've been fighting an uphill battle financially and enough is enough. The thing with free as well, what I've learned over the last year is so many people come to me with it, looking for advice and I'll give them advice and they'll call, come back to me two months later and say, oh, that didn't work. I said, how often did you try it? And they said once. And I was like, you're not even giving it a real go. Like, You've got to do something consistently. You don't just go to the gym once and all of a sudden you've lost five kilos. You don't eat one healthy meal and you feel better. All of these things take time. You don't go to uni for one day and have a degree. You know, these things take time. It's discomfort precedes success. And if they had tried it, no, and if they hadn't tried it, they'd be like, oh, I just, no, nah, that won't work for me. I'll do something else. And they just wouldn't give it a go. So with free advice, that's the kind of response you get a lot of the time not all the time because there's been people who have been fantastic taking the advice on board and run with it where to now so mine fit came up really as nick would say organically and i'm putting all my time into that to building myself a career as a mental health therapist i'm studying a couple of different courses to make sure that Oh, I can be the best therapist I can be. I think I'm blessed with the fact that I've got lived experience and it was explained to me last week in a client session actually that all these instances of our life, the shit, we so to speak, is the manure and that manure allows us to learn and to grow And as we know with plants, that's how plants grow. it's how trees grow with the manure, with the shit. It allows it to flourish. And that's basically what I want to do. I want to use my lived experience. And I've already been working with clients and they've said compared to what they've worked with is the fact that I'm not sugarcoating anything. I'm validating their feelings. I'm not shutting their suicidal thoughts down. I'm just acknowledging them and working on them and it's been really powerful to learn that that I have got those skills and they're up my sleeve so you know working as a mental health therapist is something that I'm going to be extremely passionate about I don't do a lot of clients at the moment because I want to continue to learn and study and really hit next year running when I'm you know got a couple more qualifications under my belt in the meantime um, we're going to start a meditation program in Mornington um, with group classes. There'll be online classes as well. So I'll share MindFit's page in the show notes, and if anyone wants to, you know, jump in the med- on the meditation bandwagon as as I have, and I'll say bandwagon, but it's been the most challenging thing to do that I've ever experienced. Meditation, but it's been allowed me to see life so much differently it's allowed it to just feel slower in terms of it gives me the time to respond rather than react really poorly so mine fits my baby my home it's not my baby but I'm the baby in the business and I'm so excited to be part of it to be honest I've already met some quite amazing people and one of them is Nick but the other one is Zach who I'll co-host the podcast with which we'll start recording in the next week or two and it'll be the Mind Fit podcast Zach's battled cancer autoimmune disease and some mental health issues in the last 3 years and he's only mid 20s he had a donor shin bone which was used in, his, he's used in his leg from where the cancer was and um, he's had some more recent complications and this guy inspires me every day when I go into work and he's there because, you know, if this guy at 25 can see, can be grateful and thankful for him for himself going through cancer and to take these learnings out, then I can be grateful for everything that my life's thrown at me. So in the next couple of weeks or in the next couple of days, I will put up a couple of posters and items for sale that I don't need anymore, and all the funds will be going to Zach Kondik. He's chosen to study therapy and wants to really use his skills, his life experience, and his nurture, and nature, and empathy, and compassion to help other people who might experience the loads that he has over his time. So I want to help him pay for his course. They've just had a young baby, and He's about to go in for another operation on his leg because it's not healing properly, and I want to. And I know he won't be able to work, so I really want to help him. And I want this to be my final, my final, I guess, fundraiser in a way. So stay tuned for that over my Facebook or so, or Instagram over the next week. From, so I'll give you a date because you might listen to this later. But between March twenty sixth and April third um those things will be up for sale and all the money will be given to zach all profit will be given to zach i just wanted to thank a few people um i can't thank all the sponsors because it's been 30 to 40 over the last few years but the ones that have given the most is mccartney electrical jono down there also gave me an office space to use last year and we had some of the most amazing conversations about mental health and I'm excited to you yeah, know continue that friendship going into the future. Big Dog Clothing, were amazing with helping with my clothing brand, um, which we still have a fair bit lying around. So if you do want to email me at shane at That's shane at Fit with two Ts. You can message me and see what items we've got left. Um, And yet again, basically, all the profit from the clothing and stubby holders will either go to the Mindful Oz fundraiser or go to Zach Condig to help him pay for his hypnotherapy course um, to become a therapist and help other people. KidsViz, along with Big Dog, have been extraordinary in both the last two games. And Easy Air have also been really helpful with their donations and sponsorship. The other two is um, Alicia, my partner's business, Vitality Fit has always helped and you know has supported PSV. Um, Dolphin Pools as well has been fantastic and there is so many more other ones but I don't want to spend the next 20 minutes thanking sponsors um, because people will tune out. That's just the way it is. So I'll share some links in the show notes. Lastly on the thank yous, I want, I want to thank everyone who supported me and those who even haven't, now, that might be a really weird thing to say, but those that haven't supported me have probably taught me the most because they've taught me about my insecurities and they've, it's allowed me to then work on my insecurities. So these people who have said things which are rude, which are belittling, which are judgmental, which are all of these things, all blaming me, um, that I, I had a reaction to all of that. So I knew then I needed to work on it. So it's been an amazing thing to, to learn and I'm, I'm laughing sort of at myself here because it is quite funny now thinking to how I reacted to some of these situations. But each time I, my, I guess my ego was triggered, I had to go and work out why and get the help because in the end, those that matter don't mind and those that mind don't matter. And it's more or less the fact that people are allowed to say what they want. It doesn't mean they're true. And it only hurts when you believe it. So who am I now? Well, not. I don't like that question. Where am I situated at in my life right now? I'm the most content I've ever been. I'm excited. I'm continually healing and working on myself. I still have some extreme chronic physical health issues that i'm working on every day i'm working on my mental health um more proactively these days than reactively which is a fantastic place to be in and i'm just as i said before i'm just so excited for the future i don't know what's going to happen you know i get married on at easter and then you know we're having a baby boy but I don't know what the future looks like. If you told me 12 months ago that Alicia would be pregnant, it would be getting married in a week and a half, and I'd be working at MindFit, I would have laughed at you. So I'm not going into the next 12 months with huge goals or big expectations because what we learn is they change anyway. So I'm going into this year going, I'm going to do my best every day And that's all. And I'll end up where I need to end up. Because I think if we set our expectations too high, we set huge goals, which are great sometimes. I'm not saying they're not, and they do work for some people. But if we just focus on doing the best we can every single day, we will achieve much more than what we do setting huge goals all the time. Because not all those goals are achievable, and once you sort of fall off that, you can sort of set yourself back quite a lot. So that's me, that's PSV, and I really want to just thank all the listeners for everything you've done. You know, lots of great messages of support over the years. Um, I lastly, probably completely nearly forgot about this, but I want to thank every podcast guest who's been on. It's been absolutely incredible. I started the podcast in the aim to share other people's stories and stop telling mine as often. And, you know, the amount of feedback I got about each person was, you know, incredible. You know, people still come up to me this day and say, thanks for doing that episode back, you know, two years ago. I still get the updates from uh, Wushka platform to say, you know, some of the early podcasts are being listened to. So this is still spreading. People are still listening and I can't be thankful enough. And with... The podcast it will stay up there for as long as it needs to because someone in two years might come across a hoodie that's lying around, and that's why I want to. I don't want to just get rid of all this clothing. Oh, I still want to sell it because there is a purpose behind it. You know, someone will look at that podcast, that jumper, and say, "I want to listen to your, that podcast. I want to see what it's about," and that can change someone's life. And that's all the clothing is. It's a it's a vehicle to get people to the podcast which then allows them to listen to some real stories and just show that they're not alone. So thank you to everyone. I'm extremely grateful for every podcast guest I had. If I could pick a favorite, I'm leaning towards Daniel Fenwick in one of the earlier ones. Jamie Munro, we recorded over two podcasts, which was absolutely sensational. And of course, my fiancee, who you know, talked about the loss of her dad's cancer and also talked about the loss of her job separation and anxiety around an incident which happened post her separation, which ultimately was shown no support from the school and her friends. So thank you to all. And I appreciate every single one of you for listening to this. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful day, week, month. And embrace the challenges that life throws up. It's not a hard life, it's a challenging life at times. And working through those challenges allows life to become much easier and smoother. Thanks for listening. Shane out. No, that's really corny. Bye all. Thank you.